Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Joy Marie, and you're listening to Episode 4 of Joblogs. no 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 Welcome to Joblogs, a podcast that features candid conversations with young professionals about work, life, and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of Joblogs. You guys, I am so excited about today's episode. We have some super, super, super awesome announcements for you all. But just to take a step back, as many of you know, I took a little summer hiatus. I took a break from both the website and the podcast to recharge, refuel, think about the direction we wanted to move in, and uh, figure out what's next. And I am very excited to share three announcements. So one... We are interviewing Morgan Debon, who is the CEO and founder of Blavity. Blavity is a rapidly growing digital content platform for millennials that highlights black culture through media. And we're going to be talking about community, her experiences starting Blavity, and much, much more. So, so thrilled to have her on the show today. Two, we are adding brand new segments to the show, and we want you to get involved. So head over to joblogs.com to find out how you can get featured on the podcast. Today's episode is going to be the first episode with new segments, so stay tuned. And three, if you're not already clued in by my pronouns, we are bringing on a co-host. Yes. <laughs> you hear her. Courtney Cleveland is a digital storyteller, writer, marketing manager, she has written for publications like Ebony, Afropunk, and Madame Noir, and you can find her work at redwork.co. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney, welcome. Thank you, darling. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. I'm. This is really, like, probably one of my favorite episodes already. No shade <laughs> to the rest of the guests. Love you all. But it's just so much fun to have um, a friend in the studio with me. So Courtney and I have known each other since high school. Yes. I think it was. Yes. Pretty Girl County, Maryland. (laughs) PG County. If you're from there, you get it. But um, beyond being friends and just having the chemistry, I'm excited to have Courtney on because Courtney already, like in our meetings with you, with, you know, our audio engineer and producer, Adrian, you've brought such incredible focus to the show. And you've really helped me to think about the episodes and the guest segments through more of a branded lens. Mm, You know, what's the theme What's the story? Yeah. How are we pulling it out? You know, we've created a content calendar. And you better work. Yes. <laughs> so welcome on board. How are you feeling? Thank you. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling amazing. Okay. Less highly favored. I'm okay. Ready to go. <laughs> You're ready to go? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you agree to do this? Um, well, I did. Well, one, because of you, because I love you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, and I'm just, I love what you're building at Joblogs. Um, so I definitely wanted to be here to support you. And then I just think it's a great extension of the work that I already do. Um, anyone who reads my writing knows that I tend to focus on creatives and entrepreneurs and either spotlighting those people or giving people the tools to, you know, live in their passion and take control of their lives. That's my big thing. So yeah. I just feel like it's a great opportunity to 
extend those conversations in a new way. Yeah, and that aligns so well with yeah. what I'm trying to do with Job Blogs, which is really empower young professionals and entrepreneurs to reach their full potential by sharing, you know, by storytelling and sharing Definitely. other folks' stories. So what's going on with you? What's new? Let's catch up a little uh, bit before we dive into the episode. Oh, August is so much for me. It's just doing a lot. So um, two weeks ago, I just started a new job. Congrats. Thank you so much. Congrats. What are you doing? Thank you. Um, well, I'm doing digital marketing um, at a prominent performing arts organization <laughs> <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> so that's been really great. So yeah, two weeks down Yeah, and really feeling good about it. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank That's a you. major move for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great because I love uh, when I take a new position, I always try to make sure that it's a step forward yes. and kind of narrowing my focus on the work that I do. And this is definitely that. So before that, I was um, in I was working at a film production company doing mm-hmm. social media. And I thought that my career was all about digital storytelling from definitely a media perspective. Mm-hmm. And this job search um, just made me realize that it's a little bit broader and it's more about digital storytelling through um, creative work. Yeah. So not just uh, a media company, but, you know, art, photography, dance, whatever. Yes. So it's I'm really excited about it. I yeah. Think it's gonna be great. And we had so many conversations about this. I think it's so important not to limit yourself yeah. by industry or by title. You took a creative leap and you're in a completely different field than you would have anticipated. Yeah. So. I think it's so important to just think outside of the box with your career Definitely. from time to time. What else is going on? You're going to grad school. Oh, Lord. So, yes, yeah, so two weeks ago I started a new job. In a week I start grad school. I started the new school um, for media management. And so it's kind of putting all the pieces together. Um, like I cover all these amazing artists and entrepreneurs. So I just want to be in a position where I can really understand how to present media and stories um, yep. online from the more technical aspects as well as storytelling. So this is helping me do that. I'm going to be so friggin' busy, but it's yeah, And you're going to be more busy because I'm going to be in your text <laughs> messages and emails. But, you know, it's all good because, I mean, this is like I've kind of really found my niche. Yeah. Which is just an amazing feeling. So yeah. it's it's good work. It's good busy. That is awesome. Are you ready? Yes. Let's all do right. This. Let's do it. All right. So we are really excited about our first new segment on the show. It is called Rants, Raves, and Reviews. Triple R. A brand triple R. I like, <laughs> oh, that's like not branding. Oh, that's branding at work. <laughs> triple R, like triple X. <laughs> You're branding at work already. But no, rants, raves, and reviews is a brand new segment of the show where each of us is going to share the things that are making our lives better, worse, um, or whatever that we're reviewing as young professionals. So we're either going to pick a rant, a rave, mm-hmm. or an honest review, right. and we're going to go for it. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. You want to go first? Um, yeah. Okay. okay. What, are you, what are you doing this week? Rant, rave, or review? I am reviewing um, Apple Music. So I know we're all in the era of like the battle of the live stream thing that's happening with like Spotify and Tidal and Apple. Yes. And I feel like I did not expect this, but I'm on Team Apple as of right now. Okay. Explain. So I started, I'm a Spotify, old, old school Spotify user. Premium Spotify user. Premium dollar. I am also a premium Spotify user. And when all this stuff started, like, I'm happy with Spotify. So it's not even brand loyalty so much as I'm just lazy. Like, I'm going to switch a service and migrate my playlist and all of this. Like, you have to be really, really cute to get me off of Spotify. So I wasn't feeling 
title and all the the woo-ha. Like, no. Like, okay. what are you really offering? But also title was very, like, from a marketing perspective, I think they really dropped the ball. Like, what they are did. you, what was the business problem they were solving that artists aren't getting paid enough? Right. Like, like who cares care. about your first world problems? <laughs> That's bad because I love artists. <laughs> I know. Well, independent artists. Maybe if they had got my favorite independent artists, I might have cared. Okay. But, so yeah, so features that's what I'm all about so I wasn't going anywhere and then my friend was like oh well you know you can like to ask Siri like to play music the top music from a certain year Uh, now this might not matter to you okay but it does to me because like I just want there's like little features that I care about like I want to group my music by like weird things and Spotify doesn't let me do that like I just can search and that's okay all right got you so that's that was the hook that's what they got that got me in the door so I did the three-month trial, and I just – the curation at Apple is, is just amazing. Like, that's why I stayed. I will give you that because I have been playing the hip-hop station and also yes. Beats 1. Beats and 1 And I have been very impressed. Like, they had an Elton John station. And Elton John played nothing but a G thing. Like, how would we know that? <laughs> but wait, for Apple. Wait, but where I'm very confused okay. is, like, what even is Apple Music? Because – what happens when I open the music app, and this is like an interface qualm I have with Apple in general. Oh, yeah. that, that's why like, it's a there is nothing that is branded Apple Music. And where mm-hmm. do I even sign up for the three-month trial? Because I'm listening to the stations for free. Right. Yes. Okay. That's why this isn't a rave. Okay. Because there's definitely some glitches in the matrix. Like the interface is horrible. Like Steve Jobs is not feeling this at all like it's just like it took me forever to figure out like where all these where is amazing playlists because like there's so many playlists but they're like under genre and then some of the activity playlists are like under something else like and then if you're on your phone it's one thing if you're on the computer there's nothing that's branded apple music okay so i'm not crazy yeah so yeah no what are you paying for you're paying for the same thing spotify gives you so you can like listen to the streams offline that you suggest. Okay. And on your computer, you can like search for anything and play it. Okay. But then you, you also have Beats One, the radio station. And then you have all of these curated playlists. And when I say curated playlists, I'm not talking like Spotify playlists are cute, but these playlists are like deep album cuts from like like just random artists. And then I'll have like, oh, these are the soul samples used in 80s hip hop. Like, oh, it's really? just very specific. And oh, it's I like love. great for exploring music. So okay. that part, everything's still a little glitchy. Okay. Interface isn't perfect, but it gave me that little bonus that I was looking for to switch over. All right. All so right. Apple Music, I support it. All right. Apple Music. Yes. Cute, cute. This week I am ranting, which um, you guys are going to have to make sure I don't do I every week rant. because I <laughs> have a bone to pick about everything all the time. But I'm going to talk about gratitude and saying thanks. Mm. So a couple of months ago, somebody asked me for a meeting to pick my brain on a new business idea that they had. And I agreed. Um, I was honored, actually, because it kind of shows you the expertise that people perceive you as having Mm. and the skills they think that you have. And, you know, that's an honor. So, yeah, I'm happy to sit down and talk with you and share some some of my tips and lessons that I've learned from work or whatever. So we pick a date. I had to pick the restaurant, which is qualm number one, because the person just was not very organized. You know, it was like, oh, let's meet. And then it's like, when are you free to meet? Where do you want to meet? And it's like, I don't want to yeah. meet anywhere, anytime. I wanted to continue right. living my life the way I usually do. Yeah, don't make me do work. To <laughs> right. Help you. So I had we to just, pick, you know, I had to pick the date and the restaurant and all that, whatever. That's fine. That happens. 
So we go, you know, we have a great dinner. We're talking, we're chatting. They're telling me their business challenges, um, some of the experiences that they've had already. And I, you know, list out a couple of solutions that I had learned from work and also from some of my other volunteer organizations. And they respond, you know, that one of the ideas that I had actually would save them thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and they hadn't considered it before. And I was like, you know, happy to help. That's great. You're welcome. Right. So (laughs) meeting wraps, really, really beneficial on both ends. I was interested to hear in what they were working on. They were interested to hear some of the ideas I had. The check comes and the waiter places it on the table. And, you know, I uh, I do the fake reach in my wallet, expecting, (laughs) right, expecting that this other party would just say, no, 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 I got this. And they don't, Um, you know, they say, oh, let's just let's just put it down the middle. And Mm. so that was qual number two. When you ask someone for a meeting, especially that sort of meeting where it's like business is really being conducted pro bono for free. No. Pick up the tab, guys. Like, I saved you thousands of dollars and you can't take 32 of those dollars to cover my meal. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, so whatever. That, you know, that's it, it. It did grind my gears a bit, but that happens time to time, too. At least we were both just paying for what we consumed. And mama always told me, don't leave the house without enough money to take <laughs> care of your tab. So I was fine. But the biggest and most egregious qualm was qualm number three when you know, the next morning, I open up my email, excited to receive a thank you note, and no thank you note is there. And oh, the next day, no follow up at all. the next week, the next month, now a couple months later, I haven't gotten a word from this person to say, hey, thanks for the meeting, or even to say, hey, this is what's going on with the business. And guess what? Like, you know, it does happen, unfortunately, more often than not. But if that person reached out to me again, I'm not, I'm just not linking with you. I'm not meeting with you. So my rant is really just around gratitude. It's so important in business and in life to say thank you, show your appreciation, you know, send a little note, send an email, send a text. It's not hard. Because you know what, especially in like entrepreneurship world, I know people who will say like, that whole pick your brain thing, like you have to pay them for that. Like picking, will, <laughs> right. The picking of the brains is time is, is valuable. Yeah. Time is money. And, you know, just one way to show appreciation and probably the best way is to follow up, follow through, let people know what's going on, let them know what the updates are and how that advice benefited you. So anyway, that's, it's yeah. my little rant little for today. <laughs> from Joy Marie. Yes. Good. We are thrilled to have Morgan DeBond, who's the CEO and founder of Blavity, a digital platform and growing community for Black millennials speaking with us today. Welcome, Morgan. So, Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So, Morgan, we'd love if you'd tell us a little bit about yourselves. I think we, we know you as the CEO and founder of Blavity, but what's maybe something people don't know about you? Mm, let's see. I'm from St. Louis, I'm born and raised, went to undergrad there at WashU, and um, yeah, I moved to Silicon Valley right after college to work at Intuit as a product manager. Um, and I live in San Francisco now. So yeah, I think most people like don't don't know. They think I'm from like New York or L.A. It's like, no, I'm from Missouri. Nice. So can you tell us a little bit about like what moved you to create Blavity? What, what ins- was the inspiration behind creating this platform? Yeah. So um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, 
I was sitting in my corporate job, um, like probably many people listening to this podcast, and um, was consuming content, right? I was on BuzzFeed, I was on Facebook, and I was clicking a bunch of articles. And while, like last year, there was a lot of stuff going on with Mike Brown and a lot of other um, you know, social justice issues, and yet it wasn't really popping up in my feed as much as I wanted to. I had to go to Twitter yeah. to get mm-hmm. access to this information and kind of what was happening. And being in San Francisco and that, you know, Mike Brown happening in St. Louis, where I'm from, um, was kind of like a weird moment, right? And mm-hmm. like, Blavity is a manifestation of all of these things. It's like there should be content made for and by black millennials because we influence so much of culture. And yet a lot of these tech companies ignore us, despite the fact that we're huge, huge consumers of their of their products. Right. Instagram, Twitter, Vine, you know, Dove Smash, all of these companies, you know, multi-million dollar companies that don't actually cater to us, but we're making them like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And Courtney and I were talking about that yesterday. It's it's funny because working kind of for a larger corporation, you know, with um, the Supreme Court decision that was passed and sort of, you know, seeing lots of big brand, brands rallying around that, I was sort of disappointed not to see brands rallying behind what's right here in terms of what's happening with sort of police brutality and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you touch on that, and it's so awesome that Blavity yeah. exists. Too, yeah, so. and I think even just not for brand facing, but the black community in general, because I know my friends who aren't on Twitter, I feel like they miss out on so much yeah. of like what we're doing and contributing to culture. So when I saw Blavity, I thought, oh my God, this is great that someone's putting all of this in one place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Twitter is a, a cool place to find out what's happening in real time. Yeah. And um, surprisingly, like most of our users are actually coming to us from Facebook. So really? Yeah, which makes sense, right? Because like you and I, you know, we're all plugged in yeah. all the time. But the majority of people like aren't. They're plugged into Facebook, they're plugged right. into Instagram, but they're not out here like searching for information. Yeah, they're on the Facebook delay. They get it like a week later. <laughs> exactly. That's which true. is like really funny to see from a data perspective, like, wait, that happened two weeks ago while right. we're still reading this. Right. But um it's just the world we live in. Yeah, absolutely. And but you guys have grown very quickly. So Blavity launched about a year ago um, in July 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And you guys have expanded rapidly. I mean, just from what I can see, it's, you know, over 40,000 followers on Twitter, over 20,000 on Instagram, and I'm sure um, more on other platforms. So what do you think contributed to that success and that rapid growth? Yeah, it, it has grown quite a bit. Um in the last year, which has been fun and a huge blessing, um, but also terrifying because you're like, wait, we weren't ready. Um, but I think the reason we grew so quickly is because it's needed, right? Like it was a void and a thing that um, wasn't there yeah. and, or that was that existed and Blavity didn't exist, right? And so when you solve a pain point for any customer the, and it's something that they literally couldn't imagine their lives without it, then you've got something that's really cool. And so word of mouth um, is the fastest way that we've grown, right? People are telling their friends, they're texting people articles. Um, and we've had some pretty big hitters that have brought a lot of people into the community. So we, we're a representation of the times. You know, being mm. black is pretty hot right now. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, 
um, for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's a great place to be. It's a great, from a business perspective, it's a great market. Yeah. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, Blavity launched as a video, more of a video focus. I mm-hmm. think I read that. So I'm really interested to know, how did you know it was time to kind of shift gears from that first iteration of the site? And how did you know that what the platform looks like now, that's where you needed to go? Yeah, so we started off as a video newsletter. So every week I would like manually take screenshots of the top 10 videos like curated by Morgan mm-hmm. and email them out to you know our, our user base. Um, and then I would tr- track who was clicking on what. So if it was a funny video, it would get more clicks. If it was kind of like a depressing news video, it wouldn't get that many clicks. Mm. Um, And then based off of that data, we then made the video site, which was built from scratch. And, you know, it was fancy. It was really, really ugly, but it had a fancy back end. And nobody clicked on it. Nobody watched anything. No one watched anything. (laughs) Yeah, they would still open the newsletters and like maybe click, Uh but... For the most part, like it wasn't growing organically at all. It was mm. like an entire manual process to get people to the site. Um, you know, so so the first hypothesis was like, oh, well, it's like it's just really ugly. So, you know, I thought, in the, you know, in Silicon Valley, it's like build the MVP, build the minimum viable product. Yes. Mm. Doesn't matter if it's ugly, just get it out into the world. Yeah. So that's what I did, and then nobody liked it. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's make it prettier. Same back end. Let's just make it, give it a facelift. We're going to make it lighter. We're going to add, like, you know, call to action buttons and really pretty pictures and all this stuff. Um, so that was V2. And that one did a little bit better. Um, and we found that if we could drive traffic to the site, the people would spend some time, you know, clicking around, watching videos. Yeah. And then what happened was we started writing stories on a blog was blog.blavity.com about the creators that we were partnering with. So Mm. their backstory, doing interviews with them, and then embedding their videos that we had made or linking it back to the video site. And the written content was getting way more play than the video site. And so we started to release more and more written um, profiles. And ultimately, it's it's about data, right? So what I saw was that more people were sharing those those pieces of content that were written and they were original um, as opposed to us just resharing videos that p- people probably could have seen or, or found on Facebook or um, Twitter, you know, they would have stumbled upon it eventually. So that's the, that's the, um, the journey to where we are. So now, so let's see, that was July was when we launched. So by January of 2015 this year, we, totally pivoted to the written content we deleted it's not really deleted it's somewhere on the internet but (laughs) we switched over the url for blavity.com so that it went straight to the blog and then we did tracked tracked the data it went really well so we did another facelift of the blog because it wasn't really designed for everyday usage Mm. um and that's the version that you see today so by the end of january that's when we finally got the product that hit with the market. That's so fascinating, Morgan. And I'm glad you touched on that because that's something I struggle with. And I have heard that, you know, the idea of putting a product out in market, Mm. getting real-time feedback, and then iterating. Um, Mm -hmm. And even, you know, myself with with job blogs and, and having a new platform, I struggle with the perfection and the idea of like, 
what my original objective was and what I want to put out versus what people are really kind of gravitating yeah. towards and, right. and enjoying. And, and like you said, what the, da- the data supports. So how do you, you know, how do you know to let go? How do you kind of step away maybe from your baby because it is your baby and <laughs> uh, and pivot when it's time to pivot? Like Totally. What? I mean, if I could do it over again, I would have listened to myself faster, right? Like, mm. yes, we did very quickly. You know, we went through like four versions of the site in six months. But I, if I'd really listened to the data and like paid attention to even feedback from some of my close friends, we would have had this version of the site up in November. So... Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is letting yourself, like, it's okay to be wrong, right? Like when you're wrong, you're actually just learning something that you shouldn't be doing. And then you just have to ask yourself why. Um, and then the other thing that I tend to do is we set behavioral goals. So mm. what that means is someone will say, um, I like the color blue. And then when you give them five options, they pick the color red. Mm. Mm. And you're like, but you just told me that you like the color blue. And they're like, yeah, I do like the color blue. And you're like, okay, great. But you just picked red. <laughs> so yeah. what's the deal? And they're like, oh, I like the color red too. But you didn't ask me that question. Oh. And in this context, I actually wanted the color red because, you know, red is my girlfriend's favorite color. And so I picked red. You How know, did whatever, you get that right? information, so, Morgan? Were, the, were you surveying? Um, so that would have been a survey question. And if I had said, do you want blue um, or what's your favorite color? And they said blue. And then when I gave them the videos and one of mm. them was red, they clicked the red video. Right, right. The blue video, right. Um, so I don't do any surveys. We never do surveys. I don't believe in surveys. Okay. Yeah. And I think even when in my line of work and doing social media, uh, people forget to like just stop and like look at what people are responding to like I think we get caught up in like go 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 like execute yeah. execute mm-hmm. ex, but you do have to stop and figure out like what's actually working here yeah absolutely yeah, that's a really big lesson to learn I think absolutely absolutely but let's pivot a little bit to the kind of the back end more that people don't see. I know you have a great team that you're building. How do you incentivize people to kind of believe in this dream and this passion that you have? Um, I don't know, like maybe they're working on your project on top of working full time. Like, how do you make that like their passion as well? Yeah, so I think we we tend to look for people who um, we don't have to convince. Right. Mm. It's, it's already understood. Um, that we're all fighting the same fight, you know. So the, the most of the writers that we have on the team, actually all of them, um, have come to us, right? So we've said, hey, we're looking for writers, and then we just get a bunch of applications. Um, and I think the most difficult part is just sifting through them all, right? Yeah. Um, making sure that our what Blabity is trying to do aligns with their goals because – um, that's the only way that we're both going to be happy for a sustained period of time, right? We want writers and our team members to be team members for a long time, not just yeah. like three weeks or yeah. one, one article, one post. Yep. That's not productive for anybody. Um, so the, the people that you have. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, as you see on Twitter and, and writing on the site, they're amazing. They're super passionate and they're passionate. They'd be passionate whether they're with Blavity or they weren't with Blavity. They'd be right. writing the same things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just gave them an opportunity to do it with us and gave them the support and the resources you know, I'd like to think to do it better than they could get in other places. Got it. And is, is your team uh, mostly full-time or part-time? Yeah, everyone's remote okay. and um, mostly part-time. Okay. Editors full-time. Um, and yeah, a lot of people have side are freelancers, so they write for multiple Got it. groups of people um, or students. We have a lot of students. Got it. Cool. Yeah, and you, I mean... You know, thinking about a new business or a new venture within a year, it seems like you've kind of followed a really great blueprint for setting up shop. How did you know, you know, what to do or what to even be thinking about as you approach this project? How did you know how to build a team and how to incentivize people and things like that? That's a good question. How did I know? I don't know. I think (laughs) a lot of it is trial and error. I've been building teams um, and been in leadership roles you know, most of my, my schooling life. Mm. Um, so in undergrad, I was student body president as a sophomore at WashU. Um, had a startup that failed miserably, but it still existed at some point. In- what was the startup? <laughs> it was a, we were, um, so at WashU, there's a ton of free food events. But you go to the event, you get free food. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the semester, everybody was out of meal points. So they were trying to find these events. So it was an aggregator of all of the events on campus with free food. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that, that is epic. That is an epic That's idea. <laughs> it, 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 it's a great idea. I still like totally believe in it. But um, <laughs> we did not have the team dynamics to pull it off. Okay. Um, but wow. yeah, I, I, think, I think at the end of the day, like, team building has been a part of of what motivates me and what I enjoy. And so making sure that we had a strong team where people feel like they're contributing to a bigger picture and that they're still learning and being pushed and where it's transparent, um, you know, what the goals of the company are and what I'm doing and and everything. You know, I think everybody, if you talk to anyone on the team, they're completely and 100% aligned on like why Blavity exists and how we're going to get to the next step know, the next six months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, taking that you've built the team, it's a year later, you've had rapid growth and success. How do you now begin to deal with kind of the shift of people viewing you for maybe your perceived value now that your your platform is growing, and you know, you are becoming more influential in the community? How do you vet people out? And you know, how do you kind of work with people that have a genuine and authentic interest in and moving towards the goals that you've set as well. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's that's new for me. Um, it's difficult because I want to help everyone. And yeah. I want to, because especially when we're dealing with, uh, we're building a community that is a reflection of, the, of our friend group, right? Yeah. So I'm building Blavity in public for people that I care a lot about. Mm. And, it's, you know, it's not like I'm building an app for children in... Canada, you yeah. know, like I'm building an app in a, in a community for my friends in New York and my friends that are traveling in Dubai, right? Yeah. So I think the first thing for me is is like telling myself it's okay to say no because I can't do everything. And if I was unfocused, like we would never have gotten where we are today. 
and and Blavity would not be sustainable. And it's more important for Blavity to be sustainable in the long term than to help this one person yeah. today. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really a self thing. And then I think the other the other um, thing that I'm working on, and it's a constant, constant thing that I reflect on is like, how do I help the most people in, in this period in our lives? And part of it is empowering our team. So I may not be able to help you, but you should talk to Sabine, our marketing manager. You yes. should talk to Aaron, yeah. my co-founder, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So trusting that everyone on my team is extremely qualified and that <laughs> they can do just as good a job as I can at helping this person achieve their goals um, is something that we're also trying to do. Okay. And it's um, perfect because um, it segues into something I saw you tweet recently that I thought was really interesting. Let me see if I pull up the tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it said, um, if Blavity... <laughs> yeah, it comes back to haunt you. Uh, <laughs> it said, uh, if Blavity featured everyone who reached out to us on Twitter, we would be out of business in less than a month. You have to be ruthless about the decisions I make to ensure we exist forever, not just this moment in time. And I think that is a great point. And I just wanted to um, have you talk about how do you balance, like you start these baby projects um, with really altruistic motives and missions, but at the same time, it has to be like a viable business. It's a product. So how do you balance um, those two extremes? Oh, it's so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It's really difficult. I think... It's just about having like a personal set of principles and then Mm. making sure that you're pressure testing those principles with everyone else on the team Mm -hmm. um, and then holding yourself accountable to them. Yeah. And so, you know, one very concrete example is a lot of people ask us to be media sponsors, right? They're for their event. So they're Mm. throwing a party, they're throwing a conference, they are... um, I don't know, going on a speaker's tour, a spoken word poetry slam, right? And I'm like, okay, but if we had every single black event, which would kind of be dope, but if we had every single black event did a a feature on them on the site, that would totally clutter the site. That would be all that we could do because it takes a lot of time to cover and interview people. I mean, you guys know this, right? Yeah. And not only that, but we have a, a site that, crosses over the entire world well people in london don't particularly care about a, a event in new york yeah. and until we have the infrastructure to be able to help people filter through that type of content then we're not doing anybody any service so it's one of those things where you have to think through at a higher level okay if i help this one person can i help everyone else that is like this one person if the answer is yes then great and that's kind of for example our instagram Yes, we can feature creators. I can feature every single creator that comes to us, right, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Can I write an article about them? Right. Probably not. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I feel like that's something I have, you know, spoken with you, Courtney, about that I'm struggling with as well. Cause even just with four, you know, for this being the fourth episode, mm-hmm. people do write me um, and they want to be featured on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily align with what the goals are, or maybe, you know, there's more of a product uh, sort of play or kind of like promotion or advertisement. And that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm looking to do. So I'm kind of at the same place where I'm trying to, well, definitely not the same. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's it's something that I'm already dealing with, even sort of in the infant stages of the podcast. And what are you what are are your responses to them? You know, I haven't quite figured that out yet. 
honestly, like even yesterday, I got an email and um, I had Erin Stiles, who's uh, who's featured on the second episode of the show. She's in PR, kind of forwarded her the email because I was like, you know, this this person looks fantastic as a young professional and is very accomplished. But what's the story here? And that's why I'm kind of glad Courtney came on board because she definitely approaches things from more of a branded Mm. storytelling perspective. Like, what are we pulling out of this? What are we pulling out that's really empowering other young professionals and entrepreneurs on their journey? And if the answer is nothing or we don't know, then maybe it's not the right fit. Yeah. But I like what Morgan said, too, about like you just have these different channels that you can kind of funnel things through. So like maybe it's not what they ask for, but you can still give them something, whether it's an Instagram shout out or something else. That's a good point. I like that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I like that approach a lot. At the same time, you have to be focused, right? Like, yeah, focused on and do what you're supposed to be doing. So, part of so there's plenty of things that Blavity could do that we don't, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to that point, so Courtney and I were talking about this on the ride over here. How do you, you know, being a, a content platform that's really speaking to the black community, but also in a way creating a community. How do you balance your goals and and stay true and and continue to be focused while not being too influenced by the community? Because you are aggregating the trends, you're aggregating what's happening, and you're responding to that. How do you balance, you know, making sure you're not getting too inundated by it or losing focus of your goal and your mission? Yeah, because I feel like even in the age of the comment section, everyone becomes a strategist. And they're like, (laughs) I think you should be doing this, 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 and this. I get a lot of emails that like, hey, have you thought about this and I'm like um I may have thought about that but that's not what we're doing right right exactly (laughs) I guess my thing is um I love the energy I love that there's so many people thinking proactively about Blavity in their daily lives enough to like text me something or email or tweet Blavity like hey have you thought about making a black reddit have you thought about you know making a weekend catalog of all the things to do in Brooklyn like yeah. Okay. Maybe I haven't thought of that. Like, so, you know, I would say for me, it's just staying open. Now, with all the great feedback, we also get a ton of bad feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the hardest part um, is to not take it personally, right? right. Yeah. You know, as we get bigger, you just can't please everyone. The diaspora is a very, very diverse place, and we all have different opinions. And Blavity, even within our own team, we argue all the time about should we cover this, should we not cover this, should we give them attention, should we even like elevate this conversation, yeah. right? Um, and there's a lot of different opinions on the team as well. And so the point of Blavity is not to represent, you know, the progressive black millennial that lives on the coast. Mm. It's to represent a diversity of perspectives of the black millennial experience in the world. We're wow. not there yet, but we're getting really close. Yeah, so, that's powerful. Um, yeah, not everybody's going to agree with everything on the site. I know I don't, personally. Mm. Oh, really? You don't? Like, you've no. had writers contribute stuff and been like, eh. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I'll publish it because yeah, it yeah. if I agree. If, like, Blavity is not Morgan. It's, yeah. Like, it's an entire being on its own. Um, huh. Interesting. So, yeah. Mm. Noted, noted. Because, yeah. I mean, right, Job Logs has been a one-woman show for a while. So mm-hmm. I this is kind of preaching to me and, and speaking to me in an interesting way, stuff I hadn't thought about in terms of balancing perspectives and making sure you're being representative of the whole community. Yeah, definitely. And uh, 
I want to know, too, like as an aggregator of content and trend forecasting, things like that, how do you stay current and on top of what's happening? Are there any tools that you love? Yeah, I use TweetDeck quite a bit. Um, There's also certain areas that are specific that I'm constantly just checking, right? So all of the things with Black Lives Matter. Mm. So we have lists of influencers that we pay attention to. Twitter lists are very helpful. Oh, I love a good Twitter list. (laughs) You know, because it's like, okay, what did Sean King say? What did Netta say? Like, what's going on? Right? Um, Okay, nothing's popping off. Like, let me switch over to my blurs. What's happening over here? Right? So we have um, kind of like sub-segments of the black community that um, that we have a pulse on, right? So I just told you two, Blurreds, um, Black Lives Matter. Another one is um, Afrofuturism, right? Uh. So there's just lots of different communities that we're constantly keeping pulse of. Using um, TweetDeck, I have RSS feeds. I use a tool called Import.io, um, and that's really cool for checking out what other sites are talking about so we yeah. can make sure we're not missing anything that's big that just maybe we didn't get a pulse on twitter yeah um yeah those are kind of my, my top three tools that's great and on a personal level what are you reading watching that you know keeps you inspired and motivated and, and gives you these ideas as well uh, let's see i just reread john maxwell's the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership Um, It's kind of like a classic leadership book, but it's nice to think about what I'm doing and what our team is doing at a higher level. It's Mm. really easy to get in the weeds and to think about what content are we making tomorrow versus like, how am I thinking about this company? How am I thinking about what we're doing in 18 months and in five years and building something sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also watch a lot of TV to stay sane. What are you watching? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just watched Daredevil on Netflix. Oh, I did watch that. That was good. Do you watch Power? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. The Power finale. But I haven't haven't watched it. Okay, no. Well, no, I I wouldn't spoil it for you like someone did on my Instagram timeline. Jenny, I'm talking to you. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I wouldn't do that. But, yeah. So just like random shows that kind of are interesting, entertaining to you. Nothing specific. Yeah, it's it's good background noise. Like, I I, I never give it my entire full attention. Like, but um, it's, it's nice to get a little imaginary break. Okay. Well, we have a listener question, actually, for you. I I pulled the interwebs. um, And Jessica Siegel at Street Market Podcast, which interestingly enough is a podcast that explores like the people, places and history behind street fairs and markets in London, um, asks, yeah, very cool. What advice do you have for the next generation? And what skills should should they have really, I guess, to to be content creators and contributors? For the next generation, yeah, we're old guys. Like, listen, <laughs> like literally, like I'm like, what is Periscope? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think the next generation. My my advice is like, we're in this really cool world, and I'd imagine even more so for younger people, it, like where you are the brand, like yeah, you, the person is the brand, yeah. and um. It's kind of like the Truman Show, you know, you can really live a life where like, it's just about you and everyone's watching. And um, I would say just be mindful of that. Yeah. And um, but also use that to your advantage, like learn how to create things, be mm. creative. Yeah, uh, it's OK. And it's a viable business opportunity. It's a viable lifestyle. When I was younger, 
I wanted to be an artist and I painted and I did all these things. And, um, but in my mind, I was like, this is always going to be a hobby. I can never make any money from that. And I wish that I hadn't listened to that part of my brain yeah. uh, and done, you know, computer science or graphic design. Um, is that what but, you did? Hmm? Is that what you did? Computer science, graphic design. That's what no, I did neither. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was a poli sci major. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That is <laughs> left. <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship and education, double minor, but. Oh, nice. um, no, yeah, because by the time I was like, no, I should do this. You know, it's like sophomore, junior year. and You're not going back and taking all those math classes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. That'd be my advice. Love it. Great advice. Great advice. So, Morgan, thank you so, so much for taking time out to talk with us today. Um, can you tell um, our listeners uh, where they can find you online? Yes. The fastest way to reach me is through Twitter. So it's at Morgan Debon, um, just exactly how my name is spelled, and on Instagram. And then for Blavity, at Blavity on Instagram, Blavity Fam on Snapchat. And, you know, check us out on the site, www.blavity.com. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. So that was awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to talk to her. Yeah, really and you you put her on the guest list, the guest wish I list. I did. I really didn't think we would, you know, I really didn't think that, you know, we'd be able to land her, but we did. Yeah, she was great. And I love uh, what she said about just the, how the platform evolved. Yeah. Because, like, you get so caught up, like, when you launch something, you just get... It's easy to get kind of stuck in one thing. But yeah. Open and yeah. Flexible. I really, I really. Absolutely. Like so insightful. So many gems. And she's so young and so accomplished. So nothing but well wishes and support for, for Morgan and what yeah. she's doing over at Blavity. All right. So we are going to get into another new segment, which I think I've spoken about in the past. But this is Ask Job Blogs. And so, you know, earlier I alluded to some ways you can get featured on the show. Here's one of them. If you have a question about work, life, you know, need some advice or just want to talk out an issue with people who can relate, we want to hear from you. So submit your questions to ask at joblogs.com and we'll respond to them on the show in an upcoming episode. Or you can also visit joblogs.com slash askjoblogs to view past questions and answers. We asked a few of you what community means to you. And here's what you had to say. I'm Melissa Kimball of My Creative Connection, a platform that connects creatives of color to tools, resources, and insight on personal development to help them build the lives they see for themselves. For me, community has become my business and it helps to put everything into perspective. When I'm thinking of what I want to build in the present and in the future, I'm learning to be intentional about helping as many people as possible and that has been a driving force for my brand. This is Kelly O. Williams, director and co-creator of the Page and Paxton brand that gets little learners excited about big concepts in science and engineering. Um, our educational system traditionally follows a top-down model, and this is the approach that has been used to teach science and engineering uh, to middle and high school students for decades, right? Um, but in order to get our youngest kids excited about science and engineering, it's going to sound so cliche, but it's so true. It takes a village. And to be authentic to our mission and vision, we had to tap into a village or community, a passionate and a dedicated adults. So these are elementary educators or STEM professionals, parents um, who truly care about the children in their communities and want to see them succeed. All 
All right, and we're back. We have another new segment that I am going to let Courtney introduce because she came up with this yes. one. Okay, new segment alerts. Hired and fired. Hired and fired. Yes, this is going to be great. Hired and fired is all about the highs and the lows, the peaks and the valleys of <laughs> pop culture. The peaks and the valleys. <laughs> yes, so okay, every show we're going to pick um, a person to be hired, and that's someone who we've just seen flawless execution, flawless victory uh, playing out in culture, or and or a person to be fired. Fired. So from our imaginary company, basically. Yes. So either someone who is demonstrating like personal excellence or right. someone who's terrible. Like just regrettable behavior. Regrettable. They don't have to be terrible <laughs> as a person, just like poor, poor decision making. Poor choice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I okay. got it. All right, so we're going to just, one of us will do one every show, right? Yeah, I mean, just whatever your heart feels. Like, okay. if you have something in your spirit. And I don't. Just share. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so you go. <laughs> all right, all right. So I do have someone. Or do you, are you hiring or firing today? Okay, yeah, so this, this week, I mean, I was tempted to fire just because that, um, the elections coming up and just that's my least favorite time of American oh history. Just fire them every all. time. I know. Fire so them I was all. very tempted, but I'm gonna let's, let's keep it positive. It's okay. my first show. Okay. All right. So we're gonna do hired. Hired is I'm so excited for you here. <laughs> Tokyo Vanity. I don't know if you do you know who this is? No. Okay. Are you familiar with the the meme that's my best friend? Go that's best, my friend, best friend. That's my, my best yes. friend. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was that? Tokyo Vanity. Okay, oh goodness, so she is from the underbellies of the internet where the children play, <laughs> and I don't go. So like Vine or Instagram or okay. something like that. <laughs> and so she had that. That was just a video she made on Instagram, and okay. it just turned into this huge meme. Like just Google, that's my best friend, and you'll see it. Like it's reached peak meme. Like yes. the Kardashians are doing it. Like it's saturated the market. Okay. All right. So then, Mama. Came Wait, out. but can we pause okay. at the fact that? Kardashians are peak, or that's culture saturation. Oh, okay. Like right. you, I mean, don't knock the hustle. All right, that's all right. that's, that's okay. saturation Fine. right there. All right, so this is my thing about memes. Like they catch on, and then the person who started it is usually like left behind. Like maybe you get some, you know, new followers. That's true. But like that's all you're gonna get out of this. That's true. Miss Tokyo came <laughs> out, and she was like, you know what? Here's a link to iTunes. <laughs> Because I've made this into a full song. Really? Yes. Tokyo's getting paid. She's getting paid. For a meme. For a meme. Now, why would I pay for Listen, something that I can get for free? Because it's like three minutes and 40 seconds. Oh. Like, the meme is 10 seconds. Okay. The song is extended. Okay. It's everything. She has a music video. Oh, I love. You have to see this music I, video. Yes. Like, she's in a tutu running through New Orleans. Oh, okay. Like she has an ice cream truck selling okay. Brazilian wavy out of it. I it's love amazing. that though. No, I do love that. I do love that. Someone who knows how to monetize on That's a trend. Insane. And like, I want the album. Like if she has an album, I will. You're buying it. I will spend it because I want to be a part of her life. Okay. In that way. So you're hired because like so many of us, like you're building stuff. You're, you know, you're doing your little post updates, whatever. But what happens when you pop off? Like, are That's you ready? True. Are you ready? Tokyo's house was in order. Tokyo. She was ready. 
No, that is a valid, valid point. I am with it and I love it because that's true. Like you do all of this work to blow up. And then when you do blow up, are you ready for, you know, for the backlash of that? Yeah. Right, so well, Tokyo, you're hired. Congratulations, Tokyo. Yes. You. Congrats. It. Love it. <laughs> All right, it has been a phenomenal show. Unfortunately, it is time to clock out, time to say goodbye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Job Logs. We hope you really liked the new format. Please, please, please send us your feedback. Tell us what you liked, loved, didn't feel so great about. Um, so we can keep evolving the show and making it better. Definitely. As always, you can find us and get in touch with us at jobblogs.com or around the web, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, my new fave, <laughs> at Joblogs. Courtney, where can we find you? I am at Cleve Out Loud. That's C-L-E-V-E Out Loud. Twitter, Insta, and Snap. And I am at Hey Miss Parker, if you must follow my personal accounts, <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, also, R. yes, that's true. Let them know. Hey, M-I-S-S-P-A-R-K-E-R-R, um, all over the web. Also, rate us on the iTunes store, preferably with five stars. Yes, give us those stars. Leave us a review. Reviews help the show get recognition and uh, help us to keep expanding. So leave us a review. We're actually going to read two reviews on the iTunes store. We have fans, guys. It's so cute. All right, I'm going to read the first, Courtney read the second, and then I'm going to tell you who it is. Cool, (laughs) cool. So Xena of HerSavvyCareer.com says... Real dialogue. I enjoyed episode one because it didn't sound so much like an interview, but more of a conversation between people getting to know each other. Very natural. I loved it. And episode one was our episode with Gina and Way talking about starting um, Aventure, a clothing line. Nice. And then we have another one from AP89212. And they say, I am a fan. Very informative. Great for someone interested in starting a clothing line and jumping into the business startup world. Yes. Again, about episode one. So thank you both. Fun fact about AP89212. Sure. That is my younger brother. Aww, <laughs> yeah. Hey he just brother. he just told me this past week and or like two weeks ago when I was in D.C. He was like, yeah, you know, the AP8912 writing. That was me. That was all me. <laughs> <laughs> So I love it. Thank you for the support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, shout out to Adrian, our producer and audio engineer extraordinaire. Just straight Adrian. Yes. And Jimmy Fontanez at Visionary Media here in Chelsea in New York City. Wonderful. Set up the studio for us. Hooked up all of the Skype for our interview with Morgan. So thank you so much to Visionary Media and to Jimmy. All right. Until next time, guys. It's been fun. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 